Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. I've got 20 minutes to preach a 40-minute sermon, and I can do this because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Let me let me just start out. Let me just read Joshua chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles there, you're going to get the abridged version this morning. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm okay with that. When God wants to move and we want to have some time around the altar, I know COVID's a thing. I know i got to wear a mask, and I hate praying for you with a mask. And I know we've got a one-hour format. But you know what? When God wants to move, and I felt like this morning he did, you know what we're going to do? We're going to let him move. Always. So... I don't apologize for a shortened message. My only hope is you don't like it so much you come back expecting me and hoping I do it every week, all right? Because I'm not sure I can preach that fast, that much, that tight. But we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get the big points that I really believe God wants me to share this morning if possible to you. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. If you've got your Bibles there, please follow along with me. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan. He and all the people of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it about 2,000 cubits. 2,000 cubits is about 3,000 feet, which is about 10 football fields put end to end which is just a little over a half a mile. So they were a little over a half a mile away from the Ark of the Covenant, definitely within eyesight, okay? Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Let's pray. Lord, I pray over this word, this message this morning that you have dropped into my mind and my heart today, and and my prayer is this, in the time that I have, in the next few moments, help me to communicate, use me to communicate the truth, the understanding, the inspiration that you need those here to hear. I pray God help me to speak it, to share it. Holy Spirit, please flow through me in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but life seems to be one of those things that it's constantly taking you into a place you've never been before. In fact, okay, it, it starts when you're, it's not, it's not even an adult thing. It start, starts when you're little. I remember being five years old and going into elementary school for the first time. I remember, this is, I don't remember many things from being that age, but I remember my first day in elementary school, and there's one thing that sticks out to me. I had no sisters. It was just brothers in my house. Um, so maybe the fact that she was a girl is part of it, but we had a girl in our class, and I, now that I'm really public and live, I'll say her first name and not her last. Her first name was Sally. I could tell you her last name, and here's what, what I remember. On the first day of school, she cried. I'd never seen a girl cry. I was sheltered. I had all brothers. I had no sisters. My mom didn't cry a lot. She cried on the first day of school because she, and then at that point, me and all of us, we were, life had taken us into a place we'd never been before, just like the children of Israel. They were going somewhere they'd never been before. 
And isn't that true? Isn't that just the case that all of life happens? We're constantly being taken to places that we've never been before. We move into junior high and we move into high school and college or the workforce or wherever we go. Those are all places we've never been before. And sometimes, sometimes it's a little scary. Always it's a little intimidating unless you're just like, I don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Chuck, what's that guy's name? Chuck, Chuck Norris. Otherwise, it's a little, and it goes on through life that way. Here in a few months, I think, maybe weeks, Kim and Jeremiah are going to have a baby. Yeah, very cool. It's going to take them into a place they've never been before, ever. Kim's nanny, kid, she's a nanny, and she's taking, but when they're your own, it's still a place you've never been before. And here, somewhere in there, Dan and Katie are going to have a baby, and that'll be their third baby, and they had the first one, and I'm sure after the first one, they thought when the second one came along, oh, we've been there before, no big deal, and you get the second one, you're like, oh, no. It's a whole different place, because those kids are never the same, and then the third one's going to come along, and it's going to be the same thing. Now, somebody told me one time, once you have the third one, it just at that point, every moment of your life from that point on will be chaos, and it doesn't really matter whether you have thir- three, three or six or 12, it, it's all just crazy, so you just keep, if you want to keep having them, keep having them. Now, I don't know. I stopped at two, so I don't really know whether that's true or not, but that is what I was what I was told, but that's life, and and we're constantly being taken into places we've never been before. Age takes us places we've never been before. Our health, and some of you are dealing with health issues right now. It's a place you've never been before. Retirement comes along, and we look at retirement, and it takes us into a place that we've never been before, and and most of the time, most of us just don't really very much like, how many of you like change? Put your hand up if you like change. Put your hand up if you like the unknown. Not many people do. And what I want to, I, I believe God wanted me to share with you this morning, and, and so, so this is it, whether it's, if your life is flowing right now into a place you've never been before, and there's a little anxiety, I, I believe that this is what God wanted me to share with you. We can learn something from Joshua. Joshua told him, put your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant and let it lead the way. Keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. Don't get ahead of it. Don't get too far behind it and continue to follow the Ark of the Covenant. But here's what, here's what you've got to know this morning. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was symbolic, and, and even more than symbolic, it was the place where the presence of God dwelled. If you see a picture of the Ark, and I think we've got one here for those of you that in, in the service, there were cherub, cherubim that their, their wings, um, they faced each other, and their wings came up over the top of the Ark. And, and, and most people think the presence of God, God dwelt among the cherub. You, you read that in Scripture. This was the place where the presence of God in a very real, very manifest play, way was. And, and here's what Joshua was saying to people. As, as we're walking into a, a, a land we've never been before, a place we've never been before. So, so for you, it may be raising children. For you, it may be a new job. For you, it may be a health issue. For you, it may be a new trial. For you, it may be a new neighborhood. For you, I, I don't know what your new place is. But when God, when life moves you into a new place, here's the key. Here's the principle. Put your eyes on the presence of God and keep your eyes on the presence of God and follow after the presence of God and trust in the presence of God and he'll take you to good places. 
He'll keep you from veering too far off the path to the left or to the right if you will continue to follow God. Now, there's a piece in there that I think is probably worth mentioning, and it's this. Be careful because sometimes we get ahead of God. Anybody here ever get ahead of God? Sometimes we get so excited and so convinced and so absolutely knowledgeable, and I've done this many times in my life. Well, maybe not many times, but too many times in my life I've done this. I thought I knew where God was taking me, and I got out in front of God, and it ended up slapping me right in the face. Don't get ahead of God. But get your eyes on God and keep your eyes on God. Now listen to me. Here's, here's the way I do that, okay? And this isn't revel, some new revelation. This is just down, your feet on the ground, lunch bucket, bucket practical stuff. This is, this is how I keep my eyes on God, okay? I, I read the Word of God. I pray and I talk to God. I meditate. I'm not talking about some Eastern weird meditation thing that I'm talking about. I Basically what I'm talking about is when I pray, I pray, and then I, sometimes I just I shut up. Any of you ever do that? I shut up and I listen. Not with my ears to hear audibly, because that would probably scare me to death if God audibly spoke to me. But with the ears of my heart, if you will, if I can use that metaphor, I listen. God, what are you trying to say to me? I listen. How do I keep my eyes on God? I do that on a regular basis. I pray and I read the word of God and I, I, I listen and I worship. I, I, this morning was awesome. This morning was wonderful to have a move of God, the presence of God, and to spend time with God because it helped me keep my eyes up on God instead of all the other distractions that life throws at me. Because trust me, we're living in an incredible day and in an incredible age with a lot of stuff, entertainment and distractions and pleasures and fun. And all of those things aren't bad, but a lot of them are. And any of them that pull my eyes from keeping my eyes upon the priority of Jesus, the priority of God, can be a bad thing. How do I keep my eyes upon God as I'm walking into a new place in my life, be it marriage, be it a relationship, be it a child, be it a financial situation, be it a need for a miracle because my body's breaking down, whatever it may be, I get my eyes upon God and I don't let anything distract my eyes from God and I keep my eyes upon God and I do the things that I have to do to keep my focus there because He is out in front of me wanting to lead me and has to lead me. Presence of God. There's another piece to that, and it's this, that within the Ark of the Covenant were the, the commandments, the covenant law, the, the Torah, or portions of the Torah, what we would call the Old Testament. The word testament can also be translated, not testament, but covenant, old covenant. Within, within the Ark was the old covenant, and within that covenant, it reminded the people that you're in a covenant relationship with the living God, and that covenant relationship's not some kind of legal document that some lawyer's going to pull out and say, okay, God, this is what you owe. God, God, God had taught them, and I've been trying to teach you for a long time. This covenant, this covenant that they had with God was a love covenant. God, God had said, I love you. You're my children. I, I created you, and I, I'm, I'm stepping into this covenant with you. And by that, I mean if you will honor me and love me and obey me and be faithful to me, then I will care for you, and I will protect you, and I will lift you up, and I will destroy the devourer for you. And as they kept their eyes upon the ark, they kept their eyes upon the presence of God, they also were keeping their eyes upon this reality that they were in a covenant with the God of the universe, the God that created all things. And, and that covenant not only said, you need to do this and this and this and this to obey, but that covenant said, I am your God and I will bless you and I want to do things for you and I want to care for you. Now, now listen to me this morning. As you walk into places you've never been before, you're also in a covenant. 
not the old covenant, it's the new covenant. Jesus talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He talks about the new covenant that's in my blood. And if you're here this morning or you're on this feed this morning and you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ and you've given your life to him and you've asked him to be your savior and forgive you of your sins, then you're in something just as much of a covenant as, as they were. And God has said, I see you. Your sins are forgiven. I no longer see your sins. You're my child. I care for you. And if you will walk in faithfulness and obedience to me, I will bless you and I will guide you and I will direct you. And Anybody ever here ever have a promise broken? I won't ask you if you've ever broke a promise. Can I tell you something this morning? God never breaks a promise. Scripture puts it, if I could use... Bible talk for a second. His promises are yea and amen. You can take them to the bank. And when he stepped into a covenant with you and you stepped into that covenant with him, there were promises made. And they're yea and amen. And they will last forever and they will not be broken. They will, But there's a devourer. There is a devourer. There is one called the devil who will come along and he will do his best to persuade you and convince you and tell you that God isn't able. God's not faithful. God doesn't remember you. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't love you. God's not going to walk through this with you. God's not going to lead you in this. But can I tell you this morning, the devourer has been a liar from the beginning. Right? From the beginning, Jesus says you were a liar. And so, and so when he tells you you can't, you can. When he tells you you won't, you will. When he tells you God isn't able, God is able. When he tells you God won't, I'm telling you God will. When he says this to you, that, this to you, you know that that's true. And sometimes you just got to get up and you just got to say, devil, Lucifer, li liar. I'm not buying it. You're not selling me a bill of goods. You're not selling me a junky old used car. You're not, you're not persuading me. Because I know my God is my God, and I know how faithful my God is. Some of you are walking through or going to walk through some places you've never been before, and it's going to be hard. And some of you right now, it is hard. And I believe God wants you to know this morning, just keep your eyes upon Him. You'll hang on to that covenant promise. If you'll do that, Somebody's talking to you. If you'll do that, God will see you through. Amen? That was the first half of the sermon. I got six whole minutes. Can I give you the second half? My wife said yes. You notice she's the only one that's actually courageous enough to sit on the front row in the center. Cheryl makes a good effort. She sits on the front row way over to the side where I never preach. But Ruthie's a courageous woman. Let me talk to you this morning for a moment about the church in a way we've never been before. Last year, about a year ago, we had our first experience with a global pandemic. I don't think anybody really that's alive today has any memory of the, the last global pandemic back in the early 1900s would have been the last one. And we went, the church went to a place we'd never been before. I never panicked, or I never pastored through a global pandemic before. It was my first. By the grace of God, it'll be my last. 
And it was, it was challenging for a lot of pastors. It, it, was, it was challenging for me. I, I had to learn things that I never wanted to learn and, and try to figure out things I never wanted to figure out with how do you preach the gospel and, and you know, and help it, the state change the rules every other week for a while. But it was a lot harder for a lot of pastors. And I, I just want to say this to you all this morning. Thank, thank you, because here's, here's what a lot of pastors dealt with. They had, on the one hand, they had the no masters. Nobody ever needs to wear a mask. On the other hand, they had the triple masters. You aren't wearing three masks, something's wrong. On the one hand, you had the people that were convinced, this, this is all in the same church, this is fun stuff. You had the people that were convinced that it was a conspiracy between the Democrats and China. And on the other hand, you had the people that were just as persuaded. Just, I'm speaking a little bit hyperbolically here, but you had, the, uh, you had people that were just as persuaded that it was a, it was a conspiracy between, between Donald Trump and the Russians. <laughs> the two never meet. And, and even now, we've got pastors that are, are, are every day is a fight and a battle and a challenge because they've got people within their church that are convinced that if you take the virus, it's the mark of the beast. And they also got people in their church that are convinced that if you don't take the virus, then you're probably demon-possessed. How would you like to pastor that church? So I say this to you all. I love you guys. And last year has been really challenging, but you've made it really a, a whole lot easier than it could have been because I didn't have to put up with a lot of that stuff. And, and I know that many of you have different views and different perspectives and different ideas about we should have done this or we should have done that, but you said, Pastor Barry, God's called you to lead us and we're going to follow. And we tried to balance faith and wisdom. That was from the beginning. That was the thing I taught and preached and talked about. We're going to balance faith. We're going to have faith. And, and you know, God's been really good to this church because we've not had outbreaks within this church. We've had a few people that have, have had COVID that they contracted somewhere outside of the church, but we've not had outbreaks within the church. And very few have had it, period. So, I mean, God's been really good to us, and we've tried to balance faith and wisdom says put a mask on sometimes and wash your hands. I mean, you shouldn't, shouldn't, need a, you, shouldn't need a, you shouldn't need a global pandemic to persuade you to wash your hands. But, you know, sometimes you do. So good. Good on us. So thank you for that. And I, I, I do. I mean that. I, I appreciate that. And, and that has made my life considerably easier. But I, I've become, you know, I, I come to realize we're, we're getting ready to move into a brand new place we've never been before, okay? Texas has just thrown open the doors and decided no more masks. Man, mask mandates gone in Texas, and I don't think there's any more social distancing. They're back to, quote, normal in Texas, and Mississippi's done the same thing. And the government has, or the president came out and told them they're Neanderthals, which is a nice way of saying you're stupid and idiots. And, you know, they told him to go fly a kite, and that's a nice way of, well, that's a nice way of telling him to go fly a kite. Uh, and look, here's the reality. I, time will tell whether they're, they're idiots or whether they're geniuses. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, I've got opinions, but that's not the point. The point is that we're not going to follow Texas and Mississippi. We're following Indiana because we live in Indiana. But the point is, it's within eyesight. We're going to have to change things up. Things are going to be different. 
We're going to have to make decisions. Eventually, eventually in Indiana, the mask mandate will fall off, and eventually, maybe, probably, social distancing will no longer be an issue, and eventually, we're going to have to decide, and I'm going to have to figure out, and I'm going to have to hear from God on this, what does church next post-COVID look like? And, and here's, so here's the challenge, okay? Because that's a place we've never gone before. It's human nature to think everybody else sees the world the way I see it, and the way you see it, right? Right? I mean, let's be honest. We all are kind of that way. And the, and, and the important key is to realize we're that way and, and, and not let it rule us, because the world doesn't see the, everything the way I do. Because here's the deal. I've got people within the church that I've, I, I have even said to me, and, that, and that's fine. They've said to me, I, Pastor Barry, I kind of like the extra elbow room in the space. I really like this. And I know we've got people within the church that would love to see us pull all the seats back in the way it always was and pack, work on packing them in here hip to hip, right? Post-COVID when this is all done and go back to exactly the way it was. But here's the thing, just as the children of Israel were never able to go back to the land of Egypt or the world before, listen to me, we can't go back to pre-COVID because that world doesn't exist anymore. Now, I don't know exactly what that means yet. I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not here this morning to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is where the chairs are going to go. This is what the service is going to I'm not. I'm just, I'm just trying to prepare you for this reality that the future is going to be different. And, and you need to be okay with that and ready for that. Ironically or interestingly or however you want to put it, we, we, we've lived in, I mean, there are events in this world that just changed the world forever. You could talk about World War II. You could talk about the Great Depression. But let's just talk about our lifetime. Do you all remember 9-11? Most everybody in this room remembers 9-11. The world was never the same after 9-11, was it? And then we all remember 2008, and the tr truth is the world was never the same, has never been the same since 2008. And I really believe COVID is going to be another one of those experiences that we, we can't go back to the world as it was because the world's never going to be the same as it was pre-COVID. And that's okay because here's the deal, and, and here's where, where I want to bring this to a close this morning, is here's, here's the thing, as long, it's, it's okay as long as we keep the presence of God in the center, we keep our eyes upon Him, we follow His direction, we remember the covenant that we're in with him. And, and so this covenant we're in with him, it, it can be summed up in two ways, the great commandment and the great commission. The, the great commandment is love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the great commission is go into the whole world and make disciples. That's all summed up on this, not billboard, this uh, banner. There it is, this banner behind me. Reach, grow, empower. That's our mission. Reach lost people. That's the center because that's the heartbeat of Jesus. Grow them to be like Jesus. That's the center because that's the heartbeat of God. And empower them, empower them and train them and teach them to go out and make disciples because that's the heartbeat of God. So whatever it looks like, wherever we go, however it's done, whether we put more seats in or, or, or rearrange things, whether we have one service or two services, whether we look for a big crowd with lots of light and upbeat, or we go with another situation where the lights are a little dimmer like we did this morning and, the, and, and, and it's more intimate and intimate time with God. Here's the thing I've realized as a pastor. It doesn't matter how I do this. Somebody's not going to like it. So I, I guess what I'm asking you this morning is this. Will you guys make my next year as easy 
because you made my last year. Will you do that for me? Will you, will you allow me a year from now to stand up and brag on you? How incredible of a church I'm privileged to pastor. And, and I, you know, I, I'm okay with you coming and telling me, Pastor Barry, I'd really like to do it this way. I, I'm okay with that. In fact, I, I would even encourage that if you want to do that. Just don't be offended if you don't get everything the way you want it to be. Right? My wife has got a saying. She tells the kids, and it's probably not really appropriate to say to this adult congregation, but I'll say it because we get it. She says, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. She's telling our grandkids that all the time. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. And we walk around the house saying, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Well, look, we're all adults, and hopefully we wouldn't be throwing fits anyway. But usually, I mean, our fits are, we throw adult fits. You all haven't been that, that group of people. And, and, and again, thank you for that. Let's make next year go the same way. We're going to figure out, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to open the cove. When we're going to open the cove. Yay. See? Whether we're going to continue with two services or, or go to one service. Whether we add seats. Move seats. Whether we stay at an hour format or we go to an hour 15 or an hour and a half or two and a half. Anybody for two and a half? Yeah, I thought that one was easy. <laughs> I'm preaching and I don't even want to do that. Now, I will add the one caveat to that. Unless God shows up, because I've been in some two and a half hour services where God showed up and that was a whole different thing. Anytime God wants to show up and take service as long as he wants to, I'm all, I'm all in. Let's, let's go. So here's what I'm going to ask you. Pray for me. Be patient. Little grace is a wonderful thing. And, and let's do this together, right? I, I mean, I'm excited. I, I'm so ready for the day. I'm so ready for the day. Somebody mentioned to me earlier, I thought, man, I almost like that idea. They said, you know, maybe someday we can have a mass burning service. I thought, I'm, that almost sounds good enough. I want to publish that and invite the whole, anybody who wants to come in, we'll do it. We'll get a big bonfire going back there, right? And we'll all just throw our masks in the fire. I'm kind of feeling that. I, I don't know. Um, I'm looking forward to that day, but I mean, we're going a great direction, and, and it, but it's a place we've never been before, and that brings its own challenges. So let's do it together. Let's do it with patience. Let's do it with Jesus in the center, and whatever you're walking through, the same things. Keep the covenant and the Lord in the center. We're praying for you, and God's going God's gonna to sustain you. God's going to walk through it with you. God's going to take you. Why don't you stand this morning? I'm going to pray. I'm going to let you go. For those of you on the Facebook feed, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and we love you and appreciate you too. And the day the mass gets burnt, for those of you that live close, look forward to the day you'll be able to join us once again in, in service. And those of you that don't live close, uh, we are going to continue the Facebook service and sermon and preaching and even expand it. So if you live in northern Indiana or India or Saudi Arabia, you can continue to hear the word of God preached. And uh, we're excited for that as well. Amen. Why don't you all pray with me this morning? Lord, we love you. We lean heavily on you and into you this morning, Lord. 
so many in my congregation right now are, are walking through a place they've never been before, and, and my heart does break for them. And my prayer is this today, God, that you would sustain them and strengthen them, go before them, lift them up. And my prayer is, God, heal them and work miracles in their life and meet every need. And I pray today, God, that you, as, as we leave this place, God, you give us each one faith and wisdom, God, to move into the rest of this year and next year and to accomplish what you've called us to accomplish, and that's reach lost people for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.